Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about what happens after you've sold your house. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, hope you had a great weekend and happy day after Halloween or two days after Halloween. Um, Hope everybody is doing well, and uh, yeah, we don't have the stats out yet for... That'll be next week. We'll talk to everybody next week. I'm anxious to see what that Right, because what we're experiencing, um, if it's reflected in the stats, it's more than anecdotal, and will be quite a surprise, I think. Slow. Just get slow. Compared to other years, for sure. Yeah. Like, it's what, the first week of November now, and it kind of feels like the first week of December. It does. Or even later than that. The third week, it it feels like Christmas Eve. Yes. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Not to mention, I... I've been seeing Christmas commercials oh. on TV. I know. I thought I didn't have enough uh, Halloween handout stuff. Right. So I ran to my local Loblaws right. yesterday at like 5 o'clock. There were Christmas trees in the lot. Oh my God. Christmas trees. They don't waste any time. And are they going to last till Christmas anyway? No. Like, why would you want to have a tree in your house? Like a se- seasonal tree like that for two months. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, anyway, I, was, I, I hate that. Yeah. I, I hate the extending of the season. I mean, I love, I'm a huge, why are we talking about this? I'm a oh. huge Christmas fan. But, uh, and we, we celebrate, have traditionally in the past celebrated big time in my family. But I don't, but it creeps. So now it's, it used to be, you know, after Halloween, things start to come out. But now it's creeping to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. As soon as it's going to be Labor mm-hmm. Day and then all year long. <laughs> That's right. You can't have too much of a good thing. No. I'm not a Christmas fan myself, so oh, I... It's the one holiday I do love. Yeah. But... Uh, I find the whole thing just exhausting, but... It is exhausting. We're going to have a, a challenge. My mother passed away this year, and I think none of us really know what we want to do. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be weird, I think. So. I would do something totally different, maybe. Trying to think of something totally Totally different. Go out for dinner? Maybe? Like have a meal at a restaurant somewhere nice? Yeah. Well, have, have, I don't know. Have, yeah. have to figure think that out. I was thinking of the uh, going somewhere out of, out of the city. Nice Even time. just to, you know, my kids would love to go somewhere skiing, but I think the skiing then is iffy. So I don't know. anyway, I have yeah. to figure it out. But what I meant by bringing up Christmas is that Typically, the fall market slows down like the second or third week. That's of the right. Second week of December, and it feels like it's done that already. Strange, mm-hmm. finding it strange. But I mean, I you know of the things we're selling, they just where they used to sell in a week. I find it seems to be taking four. Four seems to be four how, weeks. Four weeks is how long everything I'm selling is taking to sell. Now, the good news is that they're they're selling at mm-hmm. good prices. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 There, there hasn't it's been just a huge... just there isn't a sense of buyer urgency. Yeah. There's also not a sense of seller urgency. We don't have a lot of inventory out there, and that's right. weird. Right. Because normally you've got one or the other, mm-hmm. but we've got neither. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what people are waiting for. Could be an interest rate issue. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we thought today we would talk about what happens when you sell, uh, what the next steps are, what could go wrong. Um how to avoid, you know, 
Yes, any potential problems. Yeah. yeah so. And also what to do in that time between, congrats, you've got a firm offer to purchase your house and the closing date. That's right. So for those uh, of you fortunate people who have sold now, you're in this boat now, but many of you hopefully will be in this boat shortly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'd say the average closing time between the time, of, and we're talking about after a deal's firm, so all conditions are waived as a firm deal, to the time it closes, I'd say the average is about 60 days. 100%, that's what I would say too. Yeah. So generally 30 to yeah. maybe 90, yeah. but 60 is... 60 is about yeah. average, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got a, you know, a good two-month window where you need to be... Doing some things mm-hmm. besides packing your life up and getting out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe we'll start by talking about the one thing that's really important to the homeowners, especially if they're not living there during that time, is to make sure everything is maintained. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of offers, we are getting what we call a chattels uh, representation warranty clause, which basically says that when the buyer takes possession of the property, Everything that they have purchased has to work on closing. If it breaks two hours after closing, it's the buyer's responsibility. But right up until that point of closing, they have to make sure everything is maintained and it works. So the fridge, the stove, you know, the furnace, everything. Right. So it really is the seller's responsibility to make sure that you are testing things. You're going in there, you're checking everything out probably a, you know a week before everything closes just to make sure because it is inevitable that something breaks yeah i mean that that's what something everybody jokes about is people buy their new house and then the furnace goes the next day yeah and if it goes the next day that's not the seller's issue yeah unfortunately um, it's just not. if it goes before between congratulations you've sold your house to closing date that is the homeowner's responsibility yeah. and not only making sure that everything works, but the buyers are owed getting the house that they saw and bought. Mm -hmm. So as Janelle says, you have to make sure that everything from the heating system to the dishwasher works, but also the house has to be as it was when they saw it and bought it. So um, you can't trash anything. You can't... You can't leave your shit behind people. You can't leave things. That's a big one. Oh, man. That's a big one. You know that chair in the basement that you don't want anymore and you think, oh, I'll just leave it for the buyers? Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, that's a big one. Unless they've asked for it and you've made an arrangement, you have to remove every single thing from the property that... Now is you, removable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't take that mirror off the bathroom wall yeah. if it's firmly affixed to the yeah. wall. Let's talk affixed. about that a little yeah. bit. What is the responsibility of the homeowner? What do they have to leave behind? Well, they have to... They have to leave everything specifically mentioned in the offer, mm-hmm. no doubt. All mm-hmm. like So it's very common to say, you know, what it includes and what it excludes. I think it's always wise as an agent to be as specific there as you can. So there is no confusion. But aside for those things, so I would mention as much as I can in the offer about inclusions and exclusions so there's no confusion. But aside from that... Um, and correct me if you think differently about it, Janelle, but a- anything affixed to the property stays with the property. It would be wrong to um, dismantle, for example, I don't know, take some shelving down if it is attached to the wall. 
sometimes we have this with armoires, for example. You buy an armoire, but for often for children's safety, it's attached to the wall. So mm-hmm. I find the distinction there is what is um, firmly attached to the wall. And yeah. You have to clarify those yeah. types of things, yeah. right? So here's one that's always up for debate. Yeah. The TV and the TV bracket. Right. Right. right? So I would always question... The listing agent, if I'm on the buying side, is that staying or going? Right. If I'm a seller, if I'm representing the seller, I would normally say to everybody, take everything off the walls now, patch and paint. Right. So there's, so this confusion can't happen. So there's, yes. Yeah. Um, because the TV bracket's a good one, shelving, a vanity in the bathroom yeah. that's attached to the wall. Um, I've, had, I've had it with mirror. I bring up bathroom mirrors a few times because I've had it happen. Mm-hmm. And we went in and uh, all the bathroom mirrors were gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had not occurred to me mm-hmm. to specify them mm-hmm. because they were attached to the wall. Yeah. Uh, well, I worked with someone one time and they went in with the buyers on closing day and the buyer had literally removed toilets and vanities from the house. The seller. <laughs> Taking toilets out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other thing related to that is you cannot, if you love your stove, too bad. You've sold the house with this stove. You can't take it out and yes. replace, even replace it with another one. I just came across that recently. Yeah, and that the, happens. And the person said to me, they were, I was representing the seller, and they said, well, we're just going to replace it with, right. with new ones. We no, sold no, the no, house no, no, with no. the stove, yes. so we're just going to replace it, and yeah. it'll have a stove. Yes. No, they bought it seeing that stove. Yeah, it doesn't you work like do that. that. Yeah. And then, you know, there are, you know... There are things that we uh, I might not think of to specify in an offer, and buyers can be really, um, I mean, they've just made the most expensive purchase in their life. Um, so you can understand the stress maybe of that, but you're really going to make an issue because they didn't leave the garbage bins? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go to Home Depot and get you replacements, mm-hmm. but I've had clients upset. They should have left the garbage bins. And, exactly. And then, you know, I guess I should have put that in the offer, but yeah. they're not affixed to the wall. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so there. Are, I think on our part, there does, r- yeah. you know, Do you require- put garbage bins? No. No. S- but on the other hand, would you be upset if you got to a house and didn't have them? No. no. Who would? No. But people are. People are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there, there really needs to be some clarification when mm-hmm. it comes to these things, what's included and what isn't. Because mm-hmm. it's very frustrating, mm-hmm. you know, to not, to have mis communication about yeah. it, right? So be clear as much as you can in your agreement of purchase and sale. Maintain the house and all its appliances and systems and uh, don't remove anything that is firmly affixed to the property. And if in doubt, ask your agent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, So between offer, acceptance, and closing, I think those are the key responsibilities of a seller. Yeah, me too. Um, Now, I just wanted to go back to what we were saying before about things working on closing. Like, How many times has it happened to you that the buyer moves in, usually just a couple days after it closes, and sure enough, something doesn't work? Yeah. Then I go back to the seller and I say, "Uh, listen, you know, the buyer moved in, the washing machine doesn't work. And the seller says, well, it worked last week. Right. It worked last one. It worked when we closed. Right. So then what do you do? I actually haven't had that happen, but um, I don't know what you've done, but I would say if, it, if uh, there's no proof that it didn't work on closing, then the sellers are kind of out mm-hmm. of luck. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Is that how you've handled it? Have you tried to bridge the... I've tried to bridge it a mm-hmm. few times yeah. and tried to... You want to... Yeah, make everybody, make everybody feel happy. that they've won. And yeah, because it's a tough one. I think, um, I, you know, I'm always stuck. It happens It happens way more often than it should. Uh, but you kind of just have to go back and forth and 
you know, because there's no, the seller's never going to say, oh, yeah, that, that just broke. I mean, yeah. good people would, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good idea if you're a buyer, you know, to go in to check these things right before closing. Yeah, I always save one visit for... Yeah, so that there's no confusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it can happen. And so when you go in at the last minute, do you turn on the washing machine and the dryer and the dishwasher if they want to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because some people I think have been burned before too, and then they tend to be really, you know, particular about that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. tough. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, and certainly know that between acceptance and closing date. Um, most buyers are going to write into their agreement that they can have a certain number of visits to the property and just be accommodating of those visits um, and let them happen. And you can understand that people want to go in and refresh their memory and maybe measure a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, often, too, you'll get notice of an appointment request from an appraiser. And so that doesn't count as one of the buyer's visits. It's just the, uh, if lending is required, um, it's the bank sending in someone on their behalf just to assess its value. Yeah. So don't interfere with anything. Those are normal practices yeah. between acceptance and closing. I've got one for you that, um, and this was something recently I represented the buyer. Yeah. And they wanted to go into the property and put things in their storage. There's no one living in the property that she purchased. Wanted to use the garage for storage, mm. put things in the basement for storage. Right. Would that be okay? Right. And, and your answer is? My answer was no. Yeah. And, you know, really from an insurance standpoint, like you have to know that you, even if the seller says, sure, no problem, if something happens to your stuff, your insurance won't cover it. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's really important that you understand that as a buyer, and as a seller, like the seller you own and are responsible for that home right up until the time it closes. And you would be responsible and leave yourself open to liability if you were to allow mm-hmm. the buyer to store their items in there and that cause fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there could be a lot of things that could go wrong. And so you just have to kind of stay, you know, stay with the rules yeah. and, and, and not try to, you know... Yeah, I Move mean, earlier. you know, most people would think they were just trying to, to in accepting that request, just being nice people and doing a, a favor. But, um, you know, favors can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Favors yeah. can go so wrong. that's true, yeah, no, I... Yeah, you have to be very careful about that. I yeah. think it's, it's easy to just say, oh, yeah, it's okay, it's no problem. Also, I've had instances where, like... A seller will say, oh, I'll ask the buyer if they just want to move in early. We're moving out. It's no big deal. Right. Right. You just can't do that. No. You can amend the closing date. Exactly. But you can't. You should not let people in beforehand. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, buyers making appointments to see properties uh, be- that they bought between acceptance and closing date. I, th- I found sellers to be worried about that. Yes. Is the deal at risk? What if they find something? What if they didn't realize that, you know, there wasn't central air and they do when they come for a visit, that kind of thing? Right. Um, I've had a lot of questions recently about that kind of thing. Well, first of all, you, if, if there are offers, if there are visits in your offer, you have to allow them at mutually agreeable times, but they can't just be refused. That's right. Um, and, but, and... Buyer's visits should not be lengthy and should not really, I don't believe, be used for um, anything beyond, uh, you know, a quick visit to refresh your memory or do some minor um, 
measurements, that kind of thing. I have heard of people bringing in contractors and that type of thing. Exactly. I, I have allowed that, but I, I really don't even I think that it should be used for that. Right, exactly. I agree. But from the seller's perspective, there's no, you know, the, the concern that allowing a buyer's visit might uh, bring up problems and, and risk, put the deal at risk. Um, I think it's a valid thing for people to have thought of and be concerned about. But you have a, you have a legally binding contract, uh -huh. and um, unless something isn't how you presented it, then it, you know, the transaction has to be respected. That's right. And legally binding is um, is really important. I think mm -hmm. people need to understand, especially in Canada, things are different mm -hmm. in other places. Mm -hmm. um, now, coming in at that visit and saying you said it had central air and it doesn't, that's mm -hmm. different. That is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So if you right. consider that at risk, that you've not told the truth about something, that is a risk. That's right. And but. that goes to uh, something that's really important, I think, is full disclosure. Yes. And if you're a seller and there's some problem with the property that happens, and again, we're only talking about that period in between selling and closing. But if something happens that you think would affect that buyer's decision about the property, you have to disclose it mm -hmm. and give them the opportunity to respond mm -hmm. in whatever way they see appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there could be a major flood that happens. Yeah, between when you did the deal and when it closes. It happens, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And um, you have to be understanding and and know that you would want to know and so you yeah. have to yeah. you have to disclose that if you yeah. don't you're you could open yourself up to a right. lot of trouble i mean at that core you have two parties wanting to come to a success, successful conclusion yeah no one's trying to get out of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. i even find people are are so usually so great i recently did um uh, sold a condo and I didn't notice something which was that there was a crack in the threshold of the shower stall and um, on buyer's visit the buyer's agent called me and said we noticed this crack we never noticed it before did you know anything about it and I didn't and uh, so I contacted the seller and he said oh yeah I knew about that it's been there ever since I owned the, co the condo but why don't I have someone in and fix it because you know I want it to be just right for the buyers when they take it over right so he went to about a $1,500 expense didn't actually legally have to right but did and you know I have great respect for that yeah exactly. everybody uh, in a, involved in a transaction wants it to happen yeah mm -hmm. now what are some reasons why let's talk about some reasons why it might not happen or what could go wrong or mm -hmm. whether first of all is it possible for the buyer to back out of the deal between selling firm and the closing day uh, it is possible for a buyer not to be able to close uh, it's not legally acceptable. Right. And so there are um, implications and ramifications mm -hmm. of that. But, you know, for example, and when I say that, I'm thinking of things like what if the buyer dies mm -hmm. between buying a house and closing on it? What if they lose their job and, and their financing is affected? Things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so they can, things can come up that will affect a buyer's ability to close but they don't affect the buyer's obligation to close. Has it ever happened to you in all the hundreds of transactions you've done? No. Me either. And because, you know, I have had the death thing, I should say. I shouldn't say no so emphatically. I've had the death thing. But the 
buyer's heirs and successors are responsible for any mm-hmm. legally binding contracts that the buyer has mm-hmm. um, entered enacted. into. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so that easily got sold. They closed on the house and then sold it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had someone. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's important to note because sometimes I have sellers. Well, I had a seller this morning who's closing in a f- few weeks, and she said, "I'm just, I just want to get this over with." And I said, "What, what are you worried about?" Well, mm-hmm. I'm just worried that something's going to happen. I'm like, "Let's be clear, nothing can happen." Mm-hmm. No, like. They're responsible. Mm-hmm. They have they to have proceed. They have to figure it out. Yeah. 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 There are instances I've heard of, and, and again, this is a Canadian thing. In the U.S., it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But here, there are instances I've heard of where people have decided not to close um, for whatever reason. They so should. I've never had that happen. I have never. Yeah. So um, what happens but I've heard in that of it. case? They get sued. Yeah. Pure and simple. So mm-hmm. not only is the deposit um, capped by the seller, held, yeah. but they get sued. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's just doesn't happen here. If, mm. if you find yourself as a buyer in that situation and you've changed your mind, you have to close and turn around and sell, but you cannot not close. Yeah. So you have to really yeah. get a, a talk to your lawyer yeah. and figure out the implications and, mm-hmm. and how you solve that because that is your problem to solve. It's your problem. It's not the seller's. No. And you have to solve it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there, there is no like, what if, mm-hmm. right? I um, did have, uh, years ago, I had somebody, and I saw it in writing, that the um, lender um, approved the financing, and so we waived the finance condition, and it was a couple of months till closing, and at closing, the bank backed out. I didn't know until then that they could. Yes, mm-hmm. I have heard the same mm-hmm. thing, although I've never, it's never happened yeah, to me. At the last minute, yeah. uh, the bank backed out and right. the buyers had to but again that was not the seller's problem mm-hmm. the it was um clients were the buy, my clients were the buyers and they had to find a solution yeah they had to close regardless. that's right but i didn't know until then that a bank could do that that's awful. no it is awful and i i don't think it really happens no. i uh, have also one of the reasons why that may have happened um and we've talked about this in the past but that's the buyer's responsibility. It would never happen. A bank would never choose to do that unless the buyer screwed it up. They bought a new car. They've taken on more debt. They have decided that they, you know, have to put their kid through college and have no more money. They didn't come up with the closing money. There's reasons why that would happen, that the yeah. buyer has said no. Yeah. In this I case, mean, I know why it happened. And... Um uh, it was both a an irresponsible, I think, bank employee and a change in bank policy in the period of the closing. It's another thing to consider about your closing date. Yeah. Why, why you might want, it might not have happened had the closing date had been a bit shorter. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I do feel like probably in these instances, like the buyer may not be completely yeah. 100% upfront yeah. about what actually happened. Because yeah. what, you know, when the, when the lender approves a buyer, mm-hmm. it's based on your exact circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, if you lose a job, they're usually still going to help you out with that because mm-hmm. they can see your history, et cetera, et cetera. However, if you've decided that you want to, you know, take out another line of credit or you've just put a whole bunch of money on your credit card or you've gone out and bought, right, not you know, thinking that that might Porsche, have implications. Yes, on. then these are things that the lender is like, I'm, I can't approve. If you're that tight, mm-hmm. you know, with your approval, then they're not going to give right. you the money. Right. So, you know, that we've talked about that in the past, but you have to status quo in between. Mm-hmm. So that is something that a seller needs to not worry about by any stretch, but just 
those are, you know, if you're a seller and you're concerned about the property closing, don't be. It, that rarely happens. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, I think, and it, when it even rarely happens, it's never that it's the seller not wanting to close. Have exactly. you ever heard of an instance of that? No, I have never heard of an instance of that. Like they've had a change of heart? No, or no. No, not I'm divorcing some, after all. Right. Sometimes in a divorce situation, I've seen um, people get really irritated about, um, well, I'm not moving out, you know, that kind of thing. And then that, that becomes really contentious. And then even though they sell, the person's refusing. Um, and I have seen, one thing I have seen. You mean that um, they're not giving vacant possession? One right. of the parties isn't going to leave. Right. Oh. Yeah. So that has happened to me a couple oh. of times where vacant possession has not been provided oh. and it's usually from a tenant uh-huh. but as it, uh, and I've been on the yeah. on the buying side yeah. uh, but as a seller just to be clear yeah. you know when your closing date is October 31st at 5 p.m. it's October 31st at 5 p.m. it's not 7 p.m. yeah you know and it's not the next day and I literally have had clients on the sell side that have said to me well we're just gonna it's just gonna take us a few more hours or we thought maybe we, I have had that we'll happen. just stay the next till the next day because yeah. you know they're not moving in tonight anyway Oof. it doesn't work like that yeah. I have had that happen and I think part of the um, what what causes people to think they have that flexibility is that the agreement actually doesn't say a time. No. Yeah. No. And so they, I have. But it is five o'clock. I have had people sitting with moving trucks um, waiting right. on the street for these people right. to get out. And it's good to and coordinate. And they claim just not to know the time. Yeah. And you have to coordinate. Like I think if you, I always, every single time I ask, are you moving in that day? You know, because if you're not moving in that day and it takes my people an extra hour, no big deal. Then, right. Exactly. But. You know, nonetheless, like mm-hmm. I tell mm-hmm. everybody, like mm-hmm. you've got until mm-hmm. five o'clock. Now, really, it's when land registry says the deal is closed, which is generally two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Um, you know, usually you, you, you've got until five o'clock to get out, but really the deal is closed at two or whenever your lawyer says come get the keys, it's closed. You know, the seller, you've got to be out. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot manage that, mm-hmm. Knowing in advance that it's going to be a struggle for you, then you cannot move out the same day of closing. You have to do the right thing. You know, it's just, you get sellers or buyers that are so in their own heads about this kind of stuff. And, oh, well, they'll wait or it's not my problem. Self-absorbed and focused on their own interests. Yeah. And, um, I mean, closing dates have to be weekdays. Yes. So when I'm working with buyers, I can always tell them like move on the weekend after not on like don't plan to be moving yeah you know that day of that closing yeah which has to be a week unless you absolutely have to unless you absolutely have to there's one case where we sat in the on the street and with moving trucks for out until like 10 o'clock at night right and that's terrible you know we have had that too don't have anything you can do i mean no and i mean sometimes call the agent get your client the heck out of there call their lawyer and if you don't want to pay bridging fees Mm -hmm. and you're on the on the selling side sometimes you have to do you know or Mm -hmm. buy and sell on the same day Mm -hmm. um so yeah so the only other thing that can go wrong i think on closing day from a seller's perspective is sometimes the lenders are very tardy and late with the funding of the money and so it's it's actually happened to me on my own personal sale where we had to postpone the purchase until the next day strictly because the lenders and why does that happen they didn't receive the proper closing instructions from the lawyer the lawyer says they did the lender says they didn't i think in my case it was a mistake with the lender um 
and you know a, a mortgage person that yeah that had made mistakes so i have not had that happen but i have heard recently increasingly frequent occasions where the lawyers have dropped the balls i've heard of a couple of cases lately where you know when you buy a condo um it's usually often at least conditional on um review of status documentation and then there's um then it firms up and then there's a title search date which is usually you know a couple weeks before closing date and i've heard recently of ca- and that's lawyers work and i've heard recently where a couple of cases where the lawyers are so busy mm-hmm. um that they have let the ball drop mm-hmm. and haven't done title search mm-hmm. by when they're supposed that's to that's right i've had that heard yeah. that more because of covid and mm-hmm. i think maybe it's because of the frenzy of um closing you know how hot it was uh last year and earlier this year but um i've heard of problems getting a lawyer to mm-hmm. handle your transaction mm-hmm. and then what happens if they do, if the lawyer doesn't do their due diligence mm-hmm. and they can't close yeah. and like i have the greatest lawyer uh like the woman i recommend no, to I everybody <laughs> i have a great lawyer but she at one point even like a couple months ago said to me like i can't do anymore today yeah, this uh, month right, I'm exactly done. yeah yeah so don't send you know, me any more businesses yeah. that closes in november yeah yeah it's just nothing they can yeah, do they're about strapped it. but uh you know so it seems that you know that's happening a little bit yeah yeah uh, maybe not now because we, as we say we're finding it a bit slower but mm-hmm. um i am finding that a little bit um and uh, what else could you know i i would say your agent too needs to stay in touch with you between mm-hmm. the yes. transaction closing and the deal closing yeah um just stay in touch so you're on top of any questions you might have any mi- issues that mm-hmm. might be coming up that you might not even realize are issues that's right making sure that you know what you need to be doing if anything yeah as a seller you should be Your lawyer should be meeting with you probably a week or, yeah. or so in advance of the yeah. closing. You sign all the papers. You know what you need to do assuming you are not purchasing something else. You know, you will be notified when the when the property officially closes and the land registry has processed the deal and it's no longer your home at someone else's and they will proceed to let you know when you can pick up your money. Right. Um and so, you know, all of that works pretty quickly. I wish they told us that too. I know I but wish they, they did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but yeah, there should be no reason really why any of that should, you know, take longer than it should, but you know, you want to make sure as the seller you're on it a little bit too and that you're if you haven't heard from your lawyer and, yes. and it's getting a little close. I you, guess that's the lesson of what when yeah. things are falling through the cracks. I mean, I guess you have as a seller some responsibility yeah. to keep on track of your lawyer as well. Yes, because um, it could be clearly not our lawyers because yeah. our lawyers are great, but other people could drop the ball and you might not know it, right? Yeah, right. So Right, you wouldn't maybe you No. I can well imagine that would usually be the case if it fell if the timing is falling apart, you're not going to know it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there are other things so between um selling your house and closing you c- clearly have to um maintain the property you have to find movers and move and you have to do something about um kind of transfer of utilities mm-hmm. and that's another like, really important so one your jobs um once you've sold are to have the house ready for the new people yeah 
And so... Yes, and that includes making sure you discontinue mm-hmm. because the new people won't be able to hook up their hydro until you've discontinued right. yours for right. that date. Right. And so sometimes as a buyer, you go, well, I, you know, I'm going to need hydro on November 1st. And, they, and the, the hydro person's like, well... It's they haven't canceled else, it yeah. yet, mm-hmm. so I can't mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, so make sure so. You, you're on top of all of your utilities and your services. Yeah, and I've got another good one, okay? Oh, okay. This, please, anybody who's moving and selling and moving, please have your mail redirected. Do not leave your mail for the buyer. Yeah. You know, it's not right. And then we get the calls. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith have all this mail here. Can you please tell them to change their address? Well, I've told them. You know, you can do this with Canada Post very easily. It's it's a small fee. You just send the, the money and say, for six months, I want all the mail to be redirected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. I don't know why people struggle with doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's really important. You cannot expect these people to get mail. Yeah, I went to a house last night that I'm listing next week, and the tenants just moved out yesterday. So I just had to go down last night to, well, anyway, to do a couple of things. And I opened up a cupboard, and there was a pile, like six, <laughs> I don't know, ten inches high of mail for the owner of the house. Oh, my God. I never mentioned it. I don't think so. She, no, I texted, she didn't, yeah. didn't know about it. Now, wow. Maybe it's inconsequential mail, but that's not their decision to make. No. So they have held on to the mail for a good amount of time. But at the same time, why is the seller getting mail sent there? Yeah, that's, that's right? true. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the seller's responsibility. Yeah. Like, your See, tenant that's I think. or I think whoever should not. it must be not. mail that matters. Right. It must be, like, mail to the owner of the house. Right. Kind of thing. But, but then, you know, when in doubt, you just redirect it with Canada yeah. Post. That's it. Yeah. Um, anything else you could think of? I think we're. Um, I think we're at no, a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Stay so, in touch with your agent. Keep on your lawyer. Yeah. Get your uh, keep keep the house maintained. And don't worry. And don't worry. And don't worry. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, hopefully that's been sort of helpful for those of you who are uh, in this process of selling right now. And um, just reach out with any questions. We'd love to help. And please follow us on all of our socials, which is the Janelle Cameron team. And in the meantime, we wish you happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.